Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. I'm Mark Green from the Cars Yeah! podcast. And I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. This is show number 23. Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the sports car market podcast. Market experts and car friends for over 30 years, Keith Martin and Mark Green have come together through their mutual love for collector cars. Keith and Mark will take you on a ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so that you know when to make your own decisions to buy, sell, or hold. Buy, Sell, Hold is all about what we like to call the essence of collecting. The collector car world is comprised of people who buy, they sell, and they hold the cars they love. Here on Buy, Sell, Hold, Keith and I talk to industry leaders, collectors, auction houses, consigners, sellers, and more who are experts in this field. So, Keith, who do we have the honor of talking with today? Mark, our guest today is my good friend Rod Eden, who is the co-owner of Worldwide Auctioneers. Rod, welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, and let's jump right in. If you could describe the collector car market today using just one word, what would that word be and why would you choose it? Uh, One word, new. I think we're in a new market. Obviously, what we've all been going through, I think we're forced to do some new stuff. And part of that is is a, a perception of a new market by... Uh, by outsiders and people and collectors that have cars and haven't done any transactions since some of the COVID stuff has really, uh, you know, taken the forefront in the news and, and in some ways in some people's lives. Uh, and, and new also, I think, on, on just the idea that we're, we're forced now, happily forced, to do things and take new directions to, to do business and, and get stuff done. So I, I think if I had one word, it would be new. I love that answer. Uh, that's a really refreshing way to look at this whole situation. Let's stay on this topic for a second before I do a proper introduction here. What are some of the things that you are seeing? Because new is ripe with opportunities. And we're going to talk more about your business in depth later on in the show. But I would love for you mm-hmm. to maybe take a little bit deeper dive in this concept of new. Is this opening up the world for maybe some new buyers, some new collectors? Well, I, absolutely it is because of the ease of convenience uh, and, and people are forced and channeled now into one direction until the live auctions, which are, you know, are starting to happen here in the very near future. But for this 90 day period or so, people have basically had one avenue to buy or sell their cars, right. more or less. And it's forced people to do that. It's, it's put them in a channel and it's it's created what I consider to be a, a new facet of the market for sure. I think it'll it'll indenture that part of the market. There's been online platforms before. There's some very good businesses out there that have done it. But because people that have had to now become familiar and more importantly become comfortable with doing business online, more people are doing that. So I think the exposure is going to be tremendous. Have you seen an age change with this? I mean. Uh, you know, you think of things like eBay or bring a trailer where maybe a younger group. So are you seeing that as well? Oh, uh, my father's 76 and he must have sent me 30 emails for cars that he's looking at <laughs> online because he's sitting around with not a whole bunch to do. He doesn't sit around well. Now I know where I got that from. Yep. And he's a car guy that likes to dabble and, and play with old cars. And he's been wearing me out at times in a good way. <laughs> You know, and, and it's and I'll, and I'll talk about that specifically when we talk about the business side of this and, and how he's changed, because there was a time when he would not have ever considered 
doing anything online. And he sends me a list of, well, I'm currently the high bidder on these four cars on these platforms here, 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 and here. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm sorry, who is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take your hand away from the click button. <laughs> yeah. You're blowing my inheritance, man. Come yeah, on. Absolutely. That's very cool. <laughs> well, let me do a proper introduction here of Rod and then we're going to have Keith jump into our buy, sell, hold questions. Rod Egan is the co-owner of Worldwide Auctioneers. He has managed some of the largest auctions and collections in North America and held senior positions at a number of the world's leading auction houses. Having sold over $3 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars in assets over the past 25 years, both privately and at auction, he is among the most elite group of auctioneers to have overseen major asset transfers in that level. Rod specializes in the valuation of fine automobiles and is always accessible to collectors, also overseeing Worldwide's private sale division. An avid collector himself, and we now know his dad is too, Rod has extensive knowledge of pre-war European and American classic and sports cars. And if you missed our talk last week with Rod's business partner, John Cruz, here on Buy, Sell, Hold, I encourage you to go back. You can find that on the Sports Car Market website or the Cars Yeah website. It was a really great conversation as well. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Rod just a little bit more, but first, a special offer from our team at Sports Car Market. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on. This is going to be a fun ride. The fourth annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the Northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auction help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory, and register to bid, visit saratogamotorcarauctions.org. There you can learn how finance partner J.J. Bestbank and insurance partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle. That's saratogamotorcarauctions.org. Are you thinking of buying a car at an online auction, but worried about how to make a good decision? I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market, and I'm here to tell you about an exciting new product we've developed to help you be a smarter collector. The SCM Guide to Buying Online is an immediate digital download. It includes five questions to always ask and why. Also, how to protect yourself while buying online from our Legal Files columnist, John Dranius, and our auction editors walk you through what you can and can't learn from a photo. Visit www.sportscarmarket.com slash buying online to purchase your copy today. It's an immediate digital download and it's only $10. Again, that's www.sportscarmarket.com slash buying online and get ready to be a smarter collector. All right, we're back, Keith, so take it away. Rod, today we're going to talk about three special vehicles in your life. One that you bought, one that you sold, and one that you will never let go of. Let's start with the year, make, and model of a vehicle that was special to you on the buy side. Share with us the purchase process was it simple or complicated? How long did you chase the car for? When I was in the 12th grade, my senior year in high school, I bought a 1967 Pontiac Firebird convertible. And I had wanted that car uh, because I was born in 67 and because it was a pretty nice looking car. 
So I knew where the car was from the time I was in the 10th grade. And I, I had had a job at an auction from the time I was 14. And I had been saving my pennies. And, and I talked to the gentleman that had the car. And I said, I can't buy it now. I want to buy it. Can we work something out? So he said, yes, I'll hold the car when you have $3,250, you can, uh, and that would have been in 1983, mm. you can come and pick the car up. And so I did. I was partway through my senior year in grade 12, and I bought that car. I went over and I literally gave him a stack of cash. <laughs> How did you earn the money? So I, I was pretty industrious as a kid. I was always pretty busy. One of the main streams of income I had was that I used to work for an auction company. There's a gentleman where I grew up in uh, near Calgary, Alberta, Canada, that had a company, Ralph McLaren was his name, he owned McLaren Auction. And I started working as a kid driving the cars through there. And then they figured out that I wasn't, didn't have a driver's license because <laughs> I wasn't old enough. But I had uh, apparently not done any damage for, for a couple of years while I was a kid. And that all stemmed from being with my dad. My dad said, you know, you've been coming to these auctions with me for years. Instead of being lazy, why don't you ask the guy that owns a place if he'll give you a job? So I ended up having a weekend job all the time there. And, and I basically, I had a couple of jobs, but that was what I considered my car money. So I would save all that money. I never spent that money. So from the time I was about 14 years old until the time I was 18, I didn't, I didn't spend any money from that weekend job wow. uh, that I had. Yeah. Do you, do you remember... Rod, the first time you got behind the wheel of that car after you had bought it and the sense of what it meant for that to be your car? It, yes, I do. I can remember it was like like it was yesterday. Um, the car didn't run very well, so I had to kind of limp it back back to the house. But I didn't care. It was fall. It was cold. I put the top down. It was as good a day as I had ever had at that point because, like you said, Keith, it was mine. I did it myself. For myself, for me, it was part of, I'm a little bit goal oriented and was then obviously, and that I set my mind to do things. I like to make sure I try to get that done. So I took, for me, it was, yes, I have the car, but it was also, okay, I now know that if I put my mind to it, I can do whatever I need to do. <laughs> what a great so lesson. for me, that was a, that was a big deal. A personal growth moment for me was like, okay, if you commit yourself, uh, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. All you have to do is commit yourself and work hard and you can, you can accomplish quite a bit. So nice lesson. How long did you have that car for? One year. <laughs> One year. I only had it a year. I got a <laughs> hockey scholarship to, to play college hockey, but I didn't want to live at home anymore. So in order for me to be able to, uh, afford to get an apartment with, uh, two buddies of mine that I grew up with, I, I had to sell the car. So I made some money. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what paid my rent for a little while. Nice. Well, you made a nice segue there for us, Rod. We're going to talk now about a significant vehicle that you've owned, but you've let go. Maybe something different than that Pontiac. What was that vehicle? And then, uh, what was the decision that made you sell it? Were you happy with the price you got? And was that sale easy or difficult? You know, I've, I've, I don't know if I can pick a car, but I can, I can preface by saying that it, I've done it with a few cars and have been, you know, reluctant to sell, but I can honestly say that every car I sold, I sold for a reason and it allowed me to do something else, right? Whether it was acquire another car or, uh, another business opportunity or so I've never really been one to look back and say, gee, I wish I would have 
I wish I would have kept it. I'm more of a man. I'm thankful I was able to do this than this than this. I mean, obviously that the Firebird would would fit into that category. Let me set this tone for you. I'm going sure. to emphasize the word significant. So this could mean significant in the way of capital. It was a very valuable yeah. car. Or it could mean something that was very emotional for you. Maybe you had to let it go. Uh, John kind of shared that story, a car he had to let go to pay for helping the business continue in some way. So we're going to pin you down here on some kind of car um, because this yeah. will tell part of the buy-sell so hold story. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a 73 Carrera RS, 911 Carrera RS, that was a phenomenal car. Love that car. And I, it's probably the same reason John told you. It was probably around the same time. Yeah. Uh, sold that car to build our business. Yeah. You know, it, it took more capital and more, you know, when you start writing more checks for hiring more people, you have to figure out how you're going to pay them every month. So yeah. that was, yeah, that was the easiest way to do it. Rod, let me ask you the question from this angle. Of all the cars that have left your hands, what's the one you wish you could have back? One car that I would well, I would love to have back, it was never mine, so I have to preface it with that, but it was my father's, and, and, and it was a project we did together. So I'd always been around cars, as I'd mentioned, you know, I got that uh, sickness from my father. <laughs> and the summer I was, I think I was 12 years old, uh, I spent a ton of times, evenings, weekends, out in the garage, restoring a 64 Eldorado convertible. And when we got it, it was white. It had one red door. The other door was hanging off. And when we were done, it was a black red car. Mm. And it was phenomenal. I learned how to block sand at an early age, knowing the car was going to be black. Those cars look about 100 feet long when you're the guy working on them. Yeah. And of course, when you do anything in black, they have to be virtually perfect. Mm -hmm. But it, during the process of that year that I did that with my dad is where I truly began to love and appreciate old cars. I had always thought in passing, yeah, they're cool. They look cool. But when you pull one apart and you get, for lack of a better term, intimate, and you start to see how they were built and the design cues and, and stuff like that, that I know for me that that was a defining moment that's probably led me to be in the business my entire adult life. And if I could ever find, obviously to find that car would be very hard to do, but I keep my eyes peeled all the time for a black red 64 Eldorado convertible. Wow. We'll let our listeners know uh, if you spot one of those out there, <laughs> give Rod a call. He's looking. Do you have any idea where the car might've ended up? No, you know, I, I don't. We had, uh, my mom and my sister and I, unfortunately, were in an accident in that car. We got hit by a gravel truck, actually, turned oh left in front of us. Oh, my gosh. And the car was not in great shape after, obviously. And uh, we, never we never had the car back. And, I mean, I would, love to I, I would love to have it and give it back to my dad. Yeah. And just hang out and drive with him. Mm. So, Rod, let's, let's talk next about a vehicle that you'll never let go of. Something that's just a real part of your life. How did you find it or how did it find you? Tell us a little bit about that. I don't know that I have one, Keith, that I, because I, I, I haven't found, and, and, and forgive me, but I haven't, I haven't found that car yet. I don't have one that, that, that has a sentimental meaning to me yet. I have a long list of stuff that I'd like to acquire. I'm not sure I've actually found that car yet that I would never, ever let go. It'll take something incredibly special, and it'll have to be more than just the car. There will have to be a circumstance that will 
that will keep me from ever selling. Because I, like I said, I've always had the opinion that if I have to sell a car and it furthers me in doing something uh, to, to better myself or my family or my business or that, that I'm totally okay with it. I don't, I'm not one to look back very often. And uh, I don't want to don't want to disappoint you, but I don't think I, I don't think I have that car. I don't think I've run into that car. It's never arrived yet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Let me just ask you a, a question about the convertible that you had with your dad. Yeah. Would it if you found one that was identical and restored and gave it to him, would that be the same as bringing back the original car or would it just be a not as relevant an experience? Well, for me, Keith, I think if if the car looked the same and yeah. I could just recreate the times I had in the car with my dad again, I think it would do the trick for sure. I think it's unreasonable to think it would be the exact car. Uh -huh. uh, but what would make it special for me is if I was able to give that to him and spend some time with him and take that current, I, I know, I know looking at him, you know, driving and, and being a part of that and doing that together, that would, that would accomplish that goal. I'm, I'm quite sure. Well, you're a tough nut to crack here, Rod, <laughs> for sure. But, you know, before we jump into the next question with Keith has, which is kind of that all around perfect car, uh, you yes. started to touch on a car that's near and dear to my heart, the 73 Carrera RS, that yes. car. So you obviously mentioned that for a reason, because those cars are somewhat of the holy grail of the long hood Porsche 911s. Uh, talk about that car a little bit then, because that, that could have been one that maybe if you hadn't had to sell it, you might have still had. I don't know. Yeah, I had, and it, it checked all the boxes. It was an original sunroof car, you know, great colors, original engine. It had It had a great history. And for me, one of the most important things for me when I buy cars is I won't buy a car that I can't drive. So I'm six foot three. Most of my height is in my back. So there are a lot of cars that I can't drive because I literally can't. I have to tilt my head completely sideways to fit in. And once I'm in there. Right. So Porsche is a car that a big guy can drive. Right. Uh, and there's not a lot of European cars that I can comfortably drive. And for that reason, performance aside, looks aside, all that stuff, you know, that's a key for me. And then, then, like you said, that's, that's kind of one of the Holy grails in the, in the nine 11 world. Well, of course that, that car checked every single box. It was phenomenal. Did you drive it a lot? I didn't drive it a lot because it was so good. I drove, I drove it, you know, I had it, I kept it about a year and I probably put 3,000 miles on it. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I drive everything. I can't. I uh, I bought a I bought a 34 Packard off a guy that literally just finished restoring it, and he went nuts when I told him I was going to take it on a car tour. <laughs> he couldn't. He could not. He he didn't want to give me the car. That's another story for another podcast. Interesting. But I, that's that's my one rule. I want to drive everything that I that I have. Yeah. Well, good for you, as, as it should be. And of course, Keith is the king of driving cars. Uh, so uh, he's a good, he's my mentor when it comes to that. Whenever I don't want to take my collector car out, I go, what would Keith do? <laughs> yeah, Mark, I'm also, uh, I'm also the king of flatbeds. Well, this is true. Yeah. But you know what? You, you go out there and you do it. And that's the most important thing when it comes to these cars. I think that's your main point, right, Rod, is you need to enjoy these things because time is is short life is fleeting you just never know and uh, you need to go out and have some fun that's the key there's no question I, I just did it just six months ago in the fall my son 
was up visiting his mom and he called me and he goes, Hey, I know a guy, you know, he knows you and he's got this car. And so it turns out, it turns out I went up there, bought the car and my son and I made a road trip out of it and drove it down to Kirkland. Nice. I love it. That's very cool. Well, we're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors here. Our team at Sports Car Market Magazine has another special offer for you. So sit tight and we come back, we're going to talk about with Rod, what maybe that all around perfect collector car might be. So stay buckled up. We'll be right back. I'm Keith Martin, and we're going to talk about Cindy Meidel and her company, Car PR USA. For three decades, Cindy Meidel has been a driving force within the collector car space. Her company has been an integral part of the launch, growth, and success of many prominent classic car auctions and Concord Elegance across the country, as well as during the famed Monterey Car Week. Her agency boasts a list of recognizable clients offering a balance of public relations, advertising, marketing, and social media, which combined with extensive relationships, gives clients maximum exposure and brand identity. If you're ready to launch a new business or event, or need to kick an existing one into overdrive, call Car PR USA today at 480-277-1864. That's 480-277-1864, or email Cindy at carprusa.com. I've been subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades, and it shows up like clockwork in my mailbox every month. But what about when I'm on the road? Did you know that digital subscriptions to Sports Car Market are just $2.50 a month when you sign up with the promo code DIGITAL50? That's less than a cup of coffee. You get 50% off regular price just for listening here to Buy, Sell, Hold. Plus, digital subscribers receive instant access to a year's worth of back issues and the exclusive Insider's Guide, including the 2020 Insider's Guide to the beautiful Amelia Island Concourse and all the spring auctions as well. No more boredom while sitting at the airport or on your flight. To get your Sports Car Market digital subscription at this discount, go to sportscarmarket.com digital50. Your order will automatically get you the 50% off. What a deal. Go and sign up today at sportscarmarket.com digital50. So, Rod, we're back. We'd like to talk now about what would be the perfect all-around collector car. Not necessarily the most expensive, the rarest, the most famous, but a car that you think would provide you with the most complete user experience. One you could get into and go to any event, a rally, a tour, cars and coffee. When you looked at it at the garage, you said, this car I'm going to take today and I'm going to smile the entire time. What car would that be? I think for me, it would have to be something like a, a 6C Alpha. I mean, an 8C is obviously better if you got a lot more money. But for me, a 6C Alpha would do the trick because of the vintage, of course. They're eligible for literally everything. You won't get kicked out of classic car tours because it's a 30s car, generally, or a late 20s car. You can do a lot of uh, period stuff with, with that genre. Uh, you can be on the Colorado Grand, you can vintage race, you can, I mean, I don't know of many places where a 6C Alpha wouldn't be welcome. Oh, now we're talking Keith Land, Alpha Land. <laughs> and have you driven a 6C, Rod? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me what it was like. Was it a center throttle car? Center throttle car. So the first one I drove was a 6C1750. The Alpha I got to really, really drive that wasn't mine, but a, but a good friend of mine owned was an 8C, a 2300, a car that had actually been at Le Mans, and uh, center throttle car again. 
that one I got to drive and I was, I was encouraged to drive it. Uh, let's just say at speed, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. And how would you describe the driving experience? The footwell is a little small, you know, for me, but it, no big deal. It's like driving a Jag, a 120. You just take your shoes off and go, right? So it was phenomenal. And what I was impressed with, and especially the 6C, of course, but in the 8C2300 that I that I drove, I drove that car probably, you know, 85, 90 miles an hour, according to the, the one tour pace car that was with us. And I was amazed at, for a car that was built... Uh, I believe that one was 1931, how well that car handled. It was incredible how well that car handled for a car of that age. So you got lots of power, obviously, in the 8. I was very nervous, of course, to really put my foot in it uh, for the obvious reason of, oh, by the way, if I bend it, we have a $10 million problem. (laughs) But beyond that was the fact that okay, I haven't driven one of these very fast. It's not my car. I don't know it well. So you're always a little apprehensive, right? Mm -hmm. But over the course of about four or five miles, I got to be a lot more comfortable. And literally the guy that owned the car sitting beside me tapped me on the shoulder and he said, drive it or park it. If you're not going to drive it, I'm going to drive it. (laughs) So at that point I thought, okay, Okay. great. Uh, And I did drive it. And like I said, I know the, the, the one pace car on our tour that the newer car courtesy car was with us said that we had just about 90 miles an hour and in a car from 1931 that's moving pretty good yeah. uh, on a, a tour but i i don't know that exhilarating would do it justice it was incredible because i as nervous as i was i quickly became at peace because you just you, you just stay in the moment and that's what i had to think about was not what happens if I just I wrapped my tiny little brain around the idea of just being in the moment, and it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic. Let's talk about your business. I know Keith has some questions about that. Yeah, Rod. First of all, I want to thank you guys worldwide. You've been a wonderful advertiser with us, inside front cover, the spread, and you've always got stuff about what's coming up. It's It's been an odd time for all of us because we haven't been able to get together. So tell us what's in the works for Worldwide. Yeah, uh, well, we've got, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll have a, a sale that will have happened by the time this goes live that we're doing right away here this weekend. But coming up is is our Auburn auction, which is a, a Labor Day tradition, Keith. You're, you know that, Labor Day in Auburn. Right. Is, I mean, it's the classic car capital of the world, and it's where, where people have gathered for longer than any one spot, honestly. And I know, uh, you know, we're be, being in, in Indiana, we're, we're tied in fairly well with, you know, regular conversations with, with government officials and in terms of COVID protocols and what phase it's going to be in and the rollout. And so we will be the first live catalog auction since this pandemic has broken out. So I'm incredibly excited about what that's, what that's going to look like. Uh, will there be, will there be an online component to well as well? hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and what, yeah. what do you do to create that sense of assurance? You know, we would normally we would all gather together and walk around the car and kick tires. And what are you, what's worldwide going to do to let buyers feel comfortable placing a bid on something they haven't actually touched or seen with their own eyes? You know, it's actually not too much different, Keith, from what us and I'm sure most other auction houses and, that sell in the same vein as us have been doing is, Keith, you know, a lot of stuff gets sold on the phone desk. Right. Yeah. So there's phone bidders. 
so there's there's two things that that happen depending on where they are and it and it would be exactly the same online is that some people will fly in inspect the cars and then bid by telephone if they can't be there that day other people will just simply say i can't get there i'd like to buy it what can you do so at worldwide what we do is Obviously, we inform them with everything, uh, descriptions, photos, send them everything they need to do. And then we also, a few days before, we'll have a specialist talk to that person and say, listen, I'm standing by the car right now. Aside from any, everything you've seen and read, is there anything else you would like me to tell you? So that enables us to give great peace of mind to buyers that... You can say, oh, you know what? There is a stress crack in the paint here that's three quarters of an inch long. It doesn't show up in the picture, but it's right here, and here's this. And 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 you can go through all of that stuff and answer everything to the absolute best avail- uh, ability you have. And because in our, in our company, our our deal is there should only be surprises on like Christmas and your birthday should never be a surprise. We've never had someone say this car is not as good as you told me. It's usually like. Actually, this is a little better than you guys told me. So I see, I see the same thing happening, the same protocol for live auctions uh, that are online as well, that we afford those same people that are going to be bidding online, that same level of inquisition and, and uh, questions and, and to be able to satisfy them. So again, they take 100% confidence in, in, in what they're doing. You know, Rod, my, my experience has been people never complain about paying a top price for a really good car. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, where, where they get disappointed is when they, uh, at least for me, when, where I get disappointed, if I buy something and it turns out it was not represented properly, it wasn't the car, that bothers me. But if it's if the car turned out to be really good and I paid an extra 20%, I'm just such a happy camper. Yeah, that's very that's a, that's a common statement we hear from customers all the time. What's the best way for our listeners here today to reach out to you and worldwide and find out more information about buying, purchasing cars when it comes to auctions? Uh, WorldwideAuctioneers.com, of course. That's the easiest way is to go to the website. And you can you can surf your way around our website very easily. It's very easy to get around. And uh, and there's access to our specialists and, and some of our staff. And, and uh, uh, John and I, uh, you know, as business partners, pride ourselves in and trying to be available as often as possible to, to as many people as we can too. You know, a lot, it's not that way with every company where you can, you can actually speak to the owners. And, right. and we think that's a key, a key part of, of doing business is that if people, you know, for a lot of people, not, not big collectors, but for a lot of people buying a collector car is a big deal. It's often their second largest purchase next to their home. Mm-hmm. So I like to be able to speak with people and find out what their needs are and, and you know, what they, how we can help them best or, or send them in a different direction if we can, but, but give them that, that, that FaceTime. Well, Rod, you've taken us on a really fun ride today. We knew this would be fun, and I want to thank you for sharing a very positive outlook for the future for the collector car market and for those of us who love collector cars, even if we're sitting back and watching what the market does, like us readers of Sports Car Market Magazine do with so much joy. Before we let you go, though, could you offer our listeners maybe one little piece of advice when it comes to buying, selling, or holding on to collector cars? I'll go back to... You know, there's two things. Buy what you love. I love uh, 911 Carrera RSs, and my dad 
loves cars from the 40s and the 50s and he's a Ford guy and 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 I would never tell him to buy a Porsche because I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's incredibly important that you buy what you love because you'll never regret it. And the second thing is, Keith, you touched on this, buy a quality, buy, buy the very best or the very best you can afford at the time. And you will never, ever be disappointed. There's no question about that. Yeah, you know, Rod, what, what I've learned the hard way, I know you have too, that you can blow ten to 20000 bucks making a car right so fast it'll make your head spin. Yes. And you're so much better off getting, as I've said, the perfect car to buy. You stand at the end of the Colorado Grand with a bucket full of cash and your enclosed trailer. and when somebody has crossed the finish line and had no problems you just give them the bucket of cash and take their car (laughs) correct yeah and if if your car makes it that's a hold car yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's that's exactly now right it's great talking to you and i've i've always enjoyed our relationship i've seen you at so many different options and you're true blue you're so dedicated to the customer and to the market and I, i really appreciate everything you've done over all these years well, thank you, Keith, and I, I appreciate you getting all our all the auction companies out in the forefront of people. And and because uh, not everybody is aware of all the auctions and auction uh, you know opportunities that they have. So your publication's phenomenal in getting the word out and helping all of us. I thank you for that. Well, thank you. Amen to that. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Rod has been so kind to share with us today on his very own show notes page. You can find that at the sportscarmarket.com/slash podcast url just go to sports car market click on the logo there or you can find it on the cars yeah website it's located in both places and again if you missed our talk with rod's partner business partner john cruz you can go back and listen to that as well as long as well as all the other buy sell hold podcasts that are out there today we've got quite an impressive lineup of very inspiring people Rod, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your market expertise. This has been great. We wish you great health. All you listeners, we wish you great health. Welcome back to the auction world. Here we go. Gentlemen, thank you both for having me. It's uh, It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to doing this again uh, sooner than later, maybe. Absolutely. Well, we, do, we look forward to hearing about your upcoming successes, Rod. Perfect. There you thank go. Thank you, Keith. Take care. All right. Hey, Mark Green here. If you love the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, you'll want to listen to my Cars Yeah podcast where over five years I've interviewed over 1,475 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You'll have free access to my guest shows five days a week. These are amazing people who share their world around cars, trucks, and motorcycles. I take a deep dive into their businesses and they share with you how they've wrapped their passion for vehicles into their lives. Plus, go to the CarsYeah.com website and hit the free book button and I'll email you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook filled with beautiful fuel filler fun and inspiring quotes from my past guests. Once subscribed, you'll get my weekly blog as well. You can find all the Cars yeah shows on CarsYeah.com or on any mobile device using your podcast app. Just search for Cars yeah Podcast and subscribe today. That way you'll get both Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith and me and the Cars yeah Podcast delivered right to your mobile device or your computer. Thanks for listening. We hope to have shed some light today on the collector car market. You can listen to all the Buy, Sell, Hold podcasts at sportscarmarket.com and carsyeah.com. You'll find hundreds of inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the Cars Yeah website as well. 
Be sure to log into sportscarmarket.com and subscribe to Keith's SCM Weekly Newsletter. You'll find digital issues, insider event guides, and price guides, along with our platinum database, column profiles, classifieds, and many other resources. Join Keith and Mark next week to hear from another automotive industry leader who will help you determine when to buy, sell, or hold.